All right, welcome back to another edition of Baseball Banter. I'm your host, Justin Gianelli. We are set. We have the two teams ready for the World Series. It starts on Friday night. Uh, both teams equally get four days off after clinching on Sunday. You had the incredible moment at Citizens Bank Ballpark Sunday afternoon with Bryce Harper hitting that eighth-inning home run off of Robert Suarez, putting the Phillies in front 4-3, and the Phillies advanced to their first World Series since 2009. As for the American League, well, it wasn't really that close. The Houston Astros finished off a four-game sweep of the New York Yankees, um, and they advanced to their fourth World Series in the past six years. So Friday night at 8 p.m., Game one from Minute Maid Park in Houston, Texas. And John Stewart, a man who has been with us through it all with the New York Yankees, uh, he is here at the finality of their season. John, welcome. Thanks, Justin. Thanks for having me. All right, well, let's, let's get straight to it. Let's go right for the jugular. Obviously, the series wasn't all that close. And, um, it, quite concerning if you're a Yankee fan because it's it just feels like you're not like you're like miles behind them. Just looking at the series. Oh, okay. You want me to? Yeah. Okay. It's this is um, the floor is yours here. Um. Well, you just said. I mean, you, you got to explain that. I don't like the phrase "miles behind." I don't agree with that. So, what? What's your? What's your? I know they got swept, but what do you mean by "miles behind"? They have, they have the the guys who have the it factor of how of, of how to win in the postseason, right? They have guys who have gotten sure. to the World Series. They have guys who uh, they have a manager. Who you know might not have won a World Series before, but now is in his second straight World Series. Um, obviously, he was also in a World Series with the Giants as well. Uh, that being Dusty Baker, um, they have a manager advantage, and you know Dusty Baker, you know had a pretty solid series. I don't think he really made too many mistakes. Um, you know, it just it just seemed like the moment never got too big for them, and the moment got too big for the Yankees. That's more of where I'm going That's with fair. this. That's fair. Um, I I think that I mean, yeah, no, it it was it was very disappointing. It was a very disappointing series. Um, I I think that maybe that you know. Couple more guys were healthy for the Yankees, specifically DJ and the Mayhew and Ben Tendi. Um, I think that really hurt them. I think it would have been more competitive. Um, I don't think the Yankees would have won the series if they had those two guys. That's fair. But, um, I I think the Yankees really need to make wholesale roster changes. It doesn't look like they're going to make a change. In, they're not going to make a change in manager. They just gave Boone an extension. Right. And um, I, for whatever reason, Brian Cashman wants to continue on and 
he has his lifetime contract. So if he wants to, if he wants to continue, then it, the job seems to be his for the next twenty years. Yeah, I mean, I have to accept that. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't actually have a contract. His contract is set to expire at the end of this year, at the end of the calendar year. But yeah, I, I don't get the sense that Hal Steinbrenner is going to make that change. But yeah, something. But you're right. The roster construction. Something has to be done with that because. You know, yes, they have the, I think they have the fourth highest payroll or third highest payroll in baseball behind the Mets and the Dodgers, right? So it's not, so you can't say that they're not spending money, but they're not spending the right kind of money. You know, it's, you know, it's prevented them from certain players in the past, um, namely guys like Bryce Harper and Manny Machado, um, and referring to the Stanton trade. Now, hard to kill Stanton, although, even though nobody hit in the ALCS, um, Stanton overall last couple of years, he's not been the issue. Um, but, but, you know, I mean, you look at what you look at what Bryce Harper just did. Now he's going to his first World Series uh, as a player. Um, you know, he's fi- he's finally seemed to have gotten over that hump where he can move on because he had never moved past the NLDS in his career. So he was a guy you wondered, oh, is he ever going to win a championship? Well, now here he is, four wins away. Um, look, look, I mean, I don't know who's going to take on certain contracts. Like, there, there's contracts that they need to rid themselves of, and, and then and then they need to start reallocating that money to other players. For sure. Um, For sure. But, but, you, but you hit the nail on the head with the DJ LeMahieu and Andrew Benintendi injuries. Um, I do think that would have made a little bit of a difference, and I think we could have seen a sixth or a seventh game for sure, um, because those are because you know because Brian Cashman got those guys to specifically be able to put the ball in play, you know, and guys who are not all or nothing, especially Benintendi, you know, this this uh, trade deadline, and you know he's you know Cashman was trying to build a little bit more balance where it's not all or nothing. And unfortunately, those guys were out. Now everybody was pretty much all or nothing, and for the most part, it was pretty much nothing. Yeah. Um, so, you know, yeah. it, it really um, for the Yankees. Honestly, they have they have so many decisions to make, and quite frankly, they're going to be very difficult ones. Honestly. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Um, we can maybe get into that a little more in a future podcast, but just off the top of my head, um, they're going to have to make it. I mean, obviously, Aaron Judge being the key one, right. they're going to have to really go all out to keep him, and I think they will. Um, they're going to have to make a decision, just looking at their contracts right now. They're going to have to make a decision on Jameson Tyone who is a free agent. Um, free agents 20. Here we go. Thankfully, they'll be ridding, ridding themselves of the Chapman and Britain contracts. So that's a good start right that's there. Money off the bo- that's money off the books right there. Any, um, is anybody... Well, the big question is, well, would anybody take Donaldson's contract? Uh, you... 
probably have to attach uh, some kind of prospect to it. Some 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 minor league some minor leaguer to it. Yeah, that's the only the only because I feel like if you could free yourself of that, you know, because obviously, um, I would imagine IKF is still on the roster next year. Um, you move him to third base, you know, you can see if Anthony uh, uh, Anthony Volpe is ready to win the shortstop job. If not, you go with Peraza. Mm-hmm. So, yep. I mean, you have your answers um, at short. You have your answer at shortstop, at least in the short term, with Peraza, and you we know, you know, Volpe is on his way too. I think he finished. Did Volpe finish in Triple A? Yes. So okay, so he's one step away, and he's a good, hey, look, he's a good spring training away from making the ball club, and but they but they but they can alloc and they can allocate that money in other ways because I could see a guy like Tyone moving on because of because of the guys you maybe have. I don't I don't believe Frankie Montas was a, a rental. I think he's under control. Yes. So you're gonna have Cole Sever- you're gonna have Cole Cortez Severino, um, Montas, Herman, you know the, the- Cortez. I, I said Cortez. I oh, said sorry. I said Cortez after Cole. But you have Cole Cortez Severino, um, Montas, Herman. You know you're still gonna have Clark Schmidt kind of be your bouncer between uh, AAA well, majors. And then if you're if you're me, and we'll get into this later. You need to sign a, a big time starting pitcher. I would think so. I would think so. Yeah. Yes. There's a greater need for offense, but you know that that might be a little harder to come by. You know, the Trey Turner, uh, and Carlos Correa, uh, who they could certainly go after, but right. Yeah. The four. Those will be four of the rotation guys for next year right um the only reason why i disagree with you a little bit because what i gathered from this postseason is pitching for the most part wasn't their issue and yes they're gonna have to fix the bullpen obviously every team needs to address every team needs to address the bullpen in the offseason that that's that's a given um but starting pitching wasn't the issue uh it really wasn't you know Garrett Cole. You're right. Garrett Cole was the ace he was supposed to be in the Cleveland series. Um, I didn't think he pitched all that badly against Houston, and obviously that Bader Judge miscommunication, drop fly ball, that that screwed everything up. It was that was brutal. Um, so I'm not gonna really I'm not gonna really kill Cole for that. Um, you know Cortez, and 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 thankfully. Um, you know, you never want to see a guy get hurt, but thank you know, thankfully it was just it was just a groin issue that now he can rest up in the off season. Because when you when you see his velocity down like it was in that third inning, you're just scared it's the arm. Anytime you see velocity down, you're thinking, here goes the arm. You know, mm-hmm. and here's a guy who, came, who pitched on three days rest um, to pitch. Uh, was a game was a game five of the uh, DS against the Guardians. Yeah. You know, pitching on three days rest, probably first time in his career he was doing that, unless he did it in the minors. Um, you, you just get you just get so scared that it's the arm, but it's not. And now he can go to the offseason, rest up, and 
you know, be one of their best pitchers next year. And I and I expect big things again from Nestor Cortez. So overall, I find I find their pitching to be fine. Um, but they need no, they need an overhaul with this offense. They do. You're you're right on that end. It's that's just it's harder it's harder to do. It really is. And it's harder to change your whole offense. Yeah, and but but here but here's here's another thing. You know, you need Peraza and you need Volpe to you need Volpe those you need those two guys to hit because. And I and I don't mean like actually hit. I mean like hit as prospects and not be busts, because from what it seems, Yankees haven't really done good with prospects lately. No, they haven't. They had you know Aaron Judge obviously has worked out. Gary Sanchez was a flash in the pan. Um, you know you could 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 name a, a bunch of other guys. You know, Andu Anduhar whether it was opportunity or just a performance didn't pan out um, you know a number of guys haven't panned out and that force feeds the general manager into plugging holes with guys who are might be decent but have a big contract and then it doesn't work out you know and all of a sudden Here's fifty million to Josh Donaldson over the next two years, you know, this year and next year, and he was complete garbage. Uh, I, I I strongly dislike him. I mean, okay, played a nice third base, but couldn't hit if water fell out of a boat. Um, you know, IKF, who was a Gold Glove third baseman last year, had his struggles at shortstop, couldn't hit a lick. You know, yeah, yeah. The Aaron Hicks contract, which was "quote unquote" a steal at the time, has looked like a absolute disaster. I don't know how he's on the team next year. He's got a more player friendly, con- a team friendly contract that I think somebody would take on, take that on. Yeah, so I, I agree because it was only it was only ten million average per year. So uh, you know, somebody, you know, it's probably not going to be substantial. Um, uh, any kind of attachment like the Donaldson contract, but they they, they have so many decisions to make. They need a catcher. Um, you know, Jose Trevino was a nice story, but he flamed out in the second half. Uh, Kyle Higashioka sucks, to be to be blunt, honestly. Offensively, he, he sucks, yes. Yeah. Um, What are you going to do with Rizzo? Is Rizzo going to come back? That's another question. He's yeah, got. He's, you really hope so. He's got a sixteen million dollar option. He's declining that. Let's let's be let's be fair. He's going to look for more than twenty per year. I think so. Um, yeah, I think he's need to bring him back. Be the first baseman. Gold. Uh, I believe he finished in the running for the Gold Glove. Gold Glove. Mm-hmm. You know, he's been a Gold Glover in the past. Great defensive first baseman. Um, not quite the hitter he once was, but still the still a great power hitter. Plus that short porch in right field, um, suitable, suitable ballpark for Anthony Rizzo. Definitely a guy you need to keep around. Um, obviously, you have DJ LeMahieu, who's another year older, coming off an injury plagued year. See what happens with him. But and here, and here's another one because I've heard his name being potentially thrown out there as a potential trade. Glaber Torres. What do you do with Glaber? Yeah. 
I mean, because you have Oswaldo Cabrera as well, who was a nice piece down the stretch. Um, but obviously, he's, he's shown some versatility, or he could play play some left field as well. You know, as well as the infield. So, is Torres somebody who might not be on the team next year? Very possible. By the way, an, an, another another prospect that has kind of kind of been more of a flash in the pan from when he first came up. Mm-hmm. You know, he had that. Uh, no I think he, they get a thirty-eight home run year. I think nineteen in twenty nineteen or eighteen, and really hasn't been the same since. I don't know if you want to account that to him being screwed around and back at shortstop where he couldn't feel to save his life. Um, That's kind of an excuse. He right. He hasn't been good. Right. So it's a lot, a lot, a lot of work, and it's a, and it's a lot again. It's a lot of the reason why. You know, I'm not, I'm not here as a Met fan trying to beat my chest around here. You know, if the Yankees won, that you know, I don't have this dislike for the Yankees that a lot of Met fans do. But the reason why right. I said the reason why I said Astros in five is because I just felt they just were they were that much better in terms of again the manager being able to respond when needed to. I mean, every time the Yankees would score, answer, answer, answer. It's like, okay, what are we doing here? We can't get anybody out now. Like, it's almost how I felt. It's almost how I felt at the end of the Mets season, whether it was against Atlanta or against San Diego. The Mets do something. Answered. Answered against them. It's like, okay, we don't have any answers here. What's going on? Why can't we why right. can't now we get any outs? So it just feels like it just felt like they were in control. And even though it might not have been the cleanest of series against Seattle, you just felt like Okay, this is what a championship caliber team looks like, and and here they are, seven and zero, going into the World Series. Yep, you were you were right. Your prediction was essentially right. Yeah. The Yankees, the Yankees didn't win a game. They yeah. could have won. They could have won Game Four, but uh, they didn't. So yeah, yeah, it's, they have to. Can't just they can't run it back. No, 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 no. You can't run it back. Three or four huge positional changes, in my opinion. Yeah. And and I feel like I got to be the one to say it. But it feels like the prestige of the Yankees is changing because this is not your Yankees of yesteryear. You know, we're going we're gonna be going on fourteen years without a World Series, not just win, appearance. Yep. You know, you're going on one of their longer stretches in franchise history. And since two thousand one, basically the new millennium, after they won the Subway series in two thousand, they've been to three World Series and have lost two of them. And the only one they won was the most recent one in 09. Yep. You know, it's almost like it, it's it's hard to compare it because, you know, obviously the popularities in sports, it's almost like they're becoming the Montreal Canadiens. You know, like the Green Bay Packers. 
there every year. Well, not okay, more so the Packers. There every year, but can't get to the big game. That's a fair comparison. I definitely see a Green Bay Packers comparison. You know, and... Like, yeah, the, the Packers, you know, it was only a year after the Yankees won the last time the Packers even made the Super Bowl. Yep. And they've had arguably the best quarterback in football over the last 10 years and haven't made a Super Bowl. That's yes. a good comparison. Yes, and we argue based on stats, he's one of the greatest quarter. He's going to be one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, but his postseason resume is is horrendous. And, he, and how many times does he get home playoff games and he fails and they lose right and like the Yankees okay there's a there's a one-off where they're not that good you know there was a couple years where the Yankees were they were good but they didn't make the playoffs um you know like it's like uh 16 or you know 13 and 14 as well right they're but they but they were still a good team they want they won 80 plus games they were obviously over 500 because they've had a winning record every year since 92 but just couldn't they, they they have not been able to get to the World Series. And it's I think it's taken a hit on the prestige of what we view the Yankees as. And the yeah, o- the only thing that can change that is Hal Steinbrenner. He's gotta be willing to say, I'm sick of this crap. We need to win a World Series and I and I we need to win it now. And he needs to. So you mean he needs to? He needs to bring that payroll over three hundred million dollars. Has to. I mean, he has to. He has to. There's no. There's no. There's no other option at this point. He's got to go crazy this off season. But we've seen them be financially conscious of that luxury tax, and it's you know it's kind of scary. You got two three hundred million dollar players. Obviously, one you didn't sign. You ended up acquiring a trade, and Giancarlo Stanton. But you signed Garrett Cole to that three hundred twenty-four million dollar contract, and you got him. You know he's already in year three. You know he's not getting any younger, right? The pieces on this team aren't getting any younger. So, and, and to me, it does start with it does start with bringing Aaron Judge back. It does. But the, my biggest concern with the Yankees is it, it feels like. They have their limit. And if a, another team goes past what the Yankees feel is their limit, they have no issue with letting him walk. They should have an issue, but I feel like they wouldn't. Yeah, you're talking about Judge specifically. Right? Judge, yeah, Judge, Judge specifically, because he's got to be the first focal point of the offseason. And then... If you want to bring in a big pitcher, bring in a big pitcher. But I mean, this is this is the year the Yankees have to really, really spend, reallocate money in different forms, um, or else what's going to change? Nothing. No, you're right. And uh, just quickly, like it, it really maybe Hal doesn't think this way, but if Steve Cohen is going to be spending three hundred and let's say $10 million on his payroll. And he might. You you absolutely have to be very close to that if you want to be taken seriously in this town anymore. Because right now, the, my, myself and other Yankee fans do, are not looking at Hal Steinbrenner as someone who seriously wants to win. We look at Hal as somebody who's who wants to win, but 
he's not going to go crazy. He's not going to go beyond his means necessarily. He's it's not it doesn't consume him on a day in day out basis like it did for George. Right. And, right. How and, se- and that's how, not acceptable. Right. How seems like a businessman where he's just worried about the bottom line, right? Am I making money? Are the fans showing up every day? Yes and yes. You hit the nail on the head right there. The fans, and yeah, it was partly because of the chase for 62, but the fans showed up in droves this year. The Yankees were, you know, had big attendance numbers. And right, but, but, right, but, the Yankees, but the Yankees don't really ever have an issue with attendance. The Yankees, the Yankees aren't drawing 15,000 in September. They're not. Yes, the stadium would maybe a little extra packed because of the judge chase. But um, there, there's still always thirty, thirty-five thousand every night. Yeah, and and guess what? That means that means you're making close to fifteen million dollars, ten, fifteen million dollars every day because of merchandise being bought, concessions, you know, uh, the crap load you pay, you make them pay for parking. You know, they're making so much money on a daily basis that you should not be that financially conscious. You have the money. And if you are financially conscious, then you need to get somebody in there. And then maybe this does mean the end of Brian Cashman. I I don't see it happening, but maybe it does. Somebody who can reallocate the budget, reallocate the, the finances of this team on the field by getting rid of the contracts we talked about, right? And putting it towards different players and because what's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over and expecting something different. That's what it seems like the Yankees are doing right now. I think you're right. And yet here we are at the end of every year. And And they come up short. They come up short. Okay, yes, this year was an, an advancement of the last couple of years, right? They got to the CS this year, right? But that's not their goal. Their goal is to win championships. And they're not even close to that right now. And especially when you look... And the best example is Houston. They've lost guys, right? Springer went to Toronto. Correa left this offseason to go to Minnesota. What happened? Kyle Tucker comes up and it looks like he's a young superstar. Jeremy Pena. I think he just won ALCS MVP. I mean... It seems like... It does seem like the Astros develop better than the Yankees position position players. And because of their... And because of their scandal, they had to get rid of their general manager. So some... They have, they have a new general manager in there. In uh, Jim Crick. Or uh, Jim Click. So a new a new voice in there. They had to get rid of their manager, who was a terrific manager, in AJ Hinch. Although, how's that really working out in Detroit? It's not. But Detroit is a terrible roster. And then they bring in Dusty Baker, right? So they have an owner who cleaned up what happened after the scandal, brought new guys in, and they're still developing. Right, Jordan Alvarez has turned into a superstar. Yeah, I mean, if you go, yeah, like you go through their big, their big five hitters: Altuve, Bregman, 
Alvarez, who was acquired in a trade, but right. he was unknown at that time. He was developed through the Astros. He was a very low-level prospect at that time. Um, Kyle Tucker, and then I guess Pena would be Jeremy the, the Pena. big guy, right? Yep. Yeah, they didn't sign any of those guys to big money contracts. They developed all of them. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so that's where the Yankees are behind. Yeah, they, they just just look just look all over the diamond. You know, Yuli Gurriel has been there for years, and I think he was another guy that they signed internationally. Yeah. You know the only the only the only guys you could the only guys you could say they really signed was Maldonado, the catcher. Who's eh, whatever. I'll have a he'll have a moment here or there, but he's not really anything special. Um. Michael Brantley. Michael Brant, he's and he's hurt too. Mm-hmm. Um, but another young player who has had a couple of moments in the postseason, Chaz McCormack, the center fielder. Yep. So I mean, their scouting and development department is miles above where the Yankees are at, and I think that's where the separation lies. And it feels like they're not go and it feels like they're clearly not going anywhere. Yeah, I mean I'll have to see who their free agents are, but no. It it'll probably be there. But on but on it but honestly but but honestly, John, has it really has it really mattered? Like I just said, Correa is gone. Uh Springer's gone. You know guys have left. Big time players have left. Yeah, Garrett Cole left. Garrett Cole left after the 19th season, right? And yet, oh, here's Luis Garcia. Here's Framber, who, by the way, Luis Garcia had a terrific season. He can't get a start because we got Lance McCullers, who's been around for a while. Obviously, you know about Verlander and uh, uh, Valdez. Um, You had that kid who started game three. Um, Javier. Yes, Christian Javier. And here, and here's a young Luis Garcia, who's a talented pitcher in his own right. He can't buy a start in the postseason because, as good as he is, he's still fifth on the pedestal. It's, it's nuts. Um, and again, like I said, here they are for the fourth time in six years, and it just doesn't seem like things are going to change anytime soon. As for a surprise, the Philadelphia Phillies have made it to the World Series after. Yeah, another... my last. Yeah, go ahead. If you before, got one more, before we get, before mm. we get to yeah, um, it was um, the regular season was uh, overall enjoyable as a Yankee fan. Um, I was great watching Judge uh, set the American League mark for home runs. It was uh, it was a f- fun season, but like like we both agree, there has to be huge changes at multiple offensive positions uh, in order to get in order to win a, another championship. So overall, a good season, maybe kind of a step in the right direction based on twenty twenty one, but right. War has to be done in the future. So that's that's my view. All right, and that will close the book on the Yankees' season. 
Um, as for the National League, uh, a season comes to a close for the San Diego Padres, a year in which they um, they made they made some big time moves in order to try to win a World Series, and it didn't quite work out. Obviously, you had your issues with Fernando Tatis with the motorcycle accident, surgery, PED suspension, now another surgery, um, and I think he's I think he's due another forty games or so on that suspension to start the regular season. So you'll see him uh, probably around May or so. And they acquired Josh Bell, who's a free agent, but you got Juan Soto. You expect to get to the World Series, especially with that pitching staff. But they ran into maybe what was a buzzsaw. That's the Philadelphia Phillies. And again, for the first time in 11 years, the Philadelphia Phillies make the postseason. And they are now in the World Series for the first time since 2009. Just real quick, give me your thoughts on the NLCS. Um, I was surprised. I I think I picked Padres in seven. I believe you did because I, I had Padres in six. Okay. Yeah, it was it was surprising to me how how just right now Philly's offense just seems like a juggernaut. It seems like they they can't be stopped. And um, at every position. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, um, Bryce Harper hit you know one of the biggest home runs in Phillies history in that uh, that eighth inning. Yep. Um, Schwarber has been you know <laughs> Schwarber's <laughs> a monster. Hopkins, um, up and down that lineup. Even even um, guys like JT Realmuto, Gene Gene Segura, um, you know Brandon Marsh who had that big home run against Atlanta. I think that was the clinching game in the game four of the NLDS. Brandon Marsh at that big three-run homer to get the party started. Um, I mean, up and down the lineup, they're getting contributions from everybody. And, yep. and their, their pitching is doing um, just enough. You know, Zach Wheeler looks phenomenal. And I know. Aaron Nola is um, a, a serviceable number two. And they're, uh, they're they're piecing it together after that. It's it's a, it's it's very surprising, but you know it goes to show that look what you know it really is kind of similar to both the Braves last year and the Nationals to twenty nineteen. All you have to do is just get hot at the right time. Well, I was going to bring up the twenty nineteen Nationals because this year's Phillies. And the 2019 Nationals have proven you don't need a good bullpen to win a World Series. Their bullpen is not yeah. good. Their bullpen is not good. Like, I still don't trust their bullpen against Houston. But the way they're hitting and the starting pitching that they're getting, even Ranger Suarez has pitched pretty well, um, as too. And, you know, they've mixed it up in, in the fourth game. And, you know, it might be Noah Syndergaard again getting that fourth start. You know, we'll see what happens. Now, I did find it interesting because Aaron Nola is going to start game one. And, you know, the other ones, it was started by... The other first games were started by Wheeler. And I thought that was interesting because, you know, I know Nola's been your guy who's been around for a long time, right? He, he's seen the crap. He's seen the bad days. And now he's seen the good days. But, you know, Wheeler's your ace. And that disgusts me as a Met fan, but there's no two ways right. about it. You know, Wheeler has 
Wheeler has morphed into the pitcher we thought he would be when we acquired him as a prospect from the Giants organization in the Carlos Beltran trade. Like, this is the Zach Wheeler we envisioned. And he was starting to pitch like that at the end of 2019 um, for the Mets. And then he ends up signing that contract, which many thought was an overpay at the time. But it, in, in reality, it's been a steal. Yeah. And it's hard to pick against the Phillies at this point. But, you know, you're, go, you're going up against a team that has... A championship pedigree and a team that's would say they're probably ticked off about the way the way last year ended. You know, losing the World Series in six games to the Braves. I don't know. This 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 series is more of a toss up. This really is. I think the series is a toss up. I agree. Um it's <laughs> you, you really yeah, I mean just on paper, you would say Houston has the better roster, and they still have yet to lose a game in the playoffs. But the Phillies have just, you know, they going through three teams, going through Cardinals, Braves, and now the Padres. Uh, it it wouldn't surprise me to like to see either team win and you know I'll I'll make my uh, I'll make my prediction right here um, I'm going to take uh, the Phillies in seven games to win that World Series okay yeah I mean I, I could I could honestly see it go either way now obviously game seven is always the all hands on deck kind of game and right you know the it would probably be now it's the World Series is like your normal year. It you get the two off days, right? You get the off day between games two and three, and you get the off day gate the off day between games five and six. Um, it's not kind of crammed like the LCSs were supposed to be crammed if they went longer. Um, but so you're gonna have Nola and Verlander lined up for game one, which means they'll be lined up for games five. For game five, and I think it would be. They're not going to go Wheeler in game one. No, no, they've already they've officially announced it's Aaron Nola game one. Interesting. Now, that means Zach Wheeler would pitch game two against Fra- uh, Framber Valdez. I would believe it would be Framber Valdez, and you know that puts him on for game six. I see. Personally, I would have went. We, I would have went Wheeler game one, not not just because he's better, but because it's the World Series. I'd want him pitching right. three. I'd want him pitching three times. I want him going one, four, and seven, and just eliminate that. Yep. Eliminate that middleman. I I agree with you. Um, Surprised they're going with Nola. They must. They must see some numbers against maybe the Astros lineup that they like. I don't know. Well, the only the only, the only thing I counter the only thing I'll counter I'll make a counterpoint with is 
Nola and Wheeler are both right-handed, so it's not like a lefty-righty matchup. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe they feel like if we can try to steal game one with Nola over Verlander, we feel like now we're in the driver's seat because we have the pitching edge Wheeler over Valdez in game two. I don't quite like that strategy, but I could see that as like a a, a minor point that they're, to- they're they're talking about. I guess, yeah. Because they is, because they know, because um, they because they feel like Nola can match up, but you really give yourself the that edge in game two. But as right, we, but as that, we've seen all year, Valdez is a terrific pitcher. Yeah, I was going to say that if um, that if. They need to look at it as a win-win either way. That if you win game one, like you said, okay, now we're now we're going to win game two also. And look at that, we're going to be up two well. Going home. But if you lose, if you lose game one, you're like, okay, oh, no problem. You know, we were on the road anyway. Now we have our best pitcher going in game two. And you get the split because all the goal is to come home with a split, right? Mm-hmm. If if you if you do better, that's wonderful. If you're somehow up 2-0, that's wonderful. You know, it's not it, it, for you. It's not really the end of the world if you're down 0-2, but you really steal home field advantage with the two-three-two format when you go one-one. And I, I don't know if that's what they're thinking or not, but you know, right now you'd be pretty much set up for a Christian Javier Ranger Suarez game seven with obviously pretty much everybody available. Yeah. Except for maybe those who st- the guys who started game six. But that's the other thing as to why I would have went. But then maybe but maybe Wheeler's not comfortable pitching out of the bullpen. I don't know. And maybe Nola is, and maybe that's the thinking. Nola pitches one and five. He feels comfortable enough pitching out of the bullpen. I can have him for an inning or two in game seven. Could be the thinking. Mm-hmm. That could be the thinking. Because there's got to be a short-term and a long-term view of this. When when looking at the series, yep. So, I think it's gonna be a fascinating World Series. Um, I'll probably watch a good amount of it, um, just because I don't know. I, if, if it's a good, I feel it's I feel like it's a good matchup this year. And you, know, you got the, you got Philly being a super hot team, you know, and obviously the Astros have been the class of the American League. And who and who and who knew? When it was announced in December of 2012 that the Astros were switching leagues, that they'd wreaked this much havoc on the American uh, League. I wish, I wish they just stayed at that damn National League. <laughs> I don't, I don't. <laughs> um, who but but who could have? But who would have thought they were dog crap? They, they were, were. They were. They were starting a string of losing a hundred games. Yeah. They were terrible. There really didn't seem to. Be an end in sight. Like I, I think there was one. I think I read that there was one game in 2013 where their local TV rating was like a 0.1. Yeah, <laughs> nobody, nobody watched. Nobody watched Astros games back then. Like, it is impressive to see how how far they've come from that point. I'll, I will say that. Yeah, I mean. Their their decade of American League do, uh, of history has basically been dominance. The last time they missed the postseason was twenty sixteen. 
Yep. I mean, you think yep. about it. They, their last year in the NL Central, 55 and 107 in 2012. Wow. Then 51 and 111 in 2013. 70 and 92 and 14. That's a big improvement. And then they won 86 games and lost in the in the 15 DS. I think they lost to the Royals that year. Yes, they did. So I mean, they've they've come along. They, yeah, to go with in two years from fifty-one wins to eighty-six. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that you never you almost never see that. No, that's that's crazy. The only way the only way you see that is if you you spend so much money, you're able to spend so much money that okay. Now we expected to have a better team, but no, a lot, a lot of it was them developing guys, and you've seen it with the consistency ever since then. So it's it's pretty crazy. So you have Phillies in seven. I'm gonna just be opposite. I'm gonna say Astros in seven. I mean, partly because just like you don't want to see the Astros win the World Series, I don't want to <laughs> see the I don't want to see the Phillies win the World Series. So, but. I think Philadelphia's going to seriously give them a run for their money. And I think they really will. So, I mean, it'll be, in- it'll be an interesting World Series. And then, obviously, it's going to be an interesting offseason. And, you know, the the one thing I wish is that you're just like NFL free agency, NBA free agency. There's like a set date for the start of free agency. I know for baseball, it is you know you become a free agent five days after the World Series ends, but it's like if you had if you had the winter hot stove start December first and free agents could start signing on December first, I think that make I think that would make Major League Baseball offseason so much better. I agree because because it's just so staggered. And it's like okay, nobody's gonna do anything. Okay, now it's Thanksgiving. Now we're in December. Nobody's doing anything. Okay, it's Christmas. Nobody's still signed. Okay, now now some guys will start signing in the new year. It's and you get like a scattered one or two signings in December, and that's about uh-huh. it. So, I don't know any. There kind of was this, this despite the disgustingness of the lockout. It kind of made free agency fun last year. You know. Because everybody was rushing to sign before the lockout. And if they didn't get done, guys were pretty much rushing to sign after the lockout ended. So it kind of brought you that, like, twofold where it's like, wait, this is actually kind of a fun off season. Baseball th- just doesn't have that. No, it, it really doesn't. They, they, should, uh, they, should, they should fix that. Yeah, about that's what I'm saying. Like, no free agents could sign until December uh, December first, right? And and if you want to even say, okay, from December twenty third to December thirty first, now we're closing our offices again. No free agents on those eight days, and then boom, New Year's Day back again. Mm-hmm. I think that could make for a fun off season. It really could. You know, obviously you got your guys who have like their club the club options, player options. They can opt out, you know, once the opt out time, you know, right away. 
and and then and then it starts it starts a campaign, you know, who's gonna go where? You know, there's yeah, and there's gonna be a lot of big, a lot of big time free agents this year. Yeah, we can uh, <laughs> we can do that uh, do that pod, you know, when the, when the time comes. Yeah, I I would say probably sometime in the middle. I would say sometime in the middle of November we'll do so. Um, just in case somebody does, in case somebody does sign early, but you know, obviously we'll have the World Series behind us, and you know, we'll kind of start looking forward to those who maybe have opted out. You know, like Jacob Degrom opting out. You know, the Aaron Judge free agency situation, Trey Turner, um, and all that. There's a lot of, again, a lot of names on the board. You know, and a lot, of, you know, and like for the Mets, a lot of guys on their own team that are free agents. And, you know, obviously the Yankees is the biggest free agent of them all. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot to look forward to. Probably, as like I said, around the middle of November, we'll start looking at the hot stove and, you know, who you know who might go where, what the reports are saying, and, you know, we'll, we'll go from there. So, John, thank you for coming on, and looking forward to talking to you again soon. Yep. Same. Thanks, Justin. All right, all right, and that's going to do it for this edition of Baseball Banter. We'll kind of get you set. We've gotten you set for the World Series, and now we'll probably talk to you some point during the World Series and kind of go over some of the games. So we'll talk to you again soon. Have a good night.